I have found out beat news in depth for you. Good evening and welcome to Outbeat News in Depth. I'm Greg Morelia. It's known as the Little Blue Pill, but you haven't seen ads for this one on television playing over and over again during football, baseball, or basketball games. This new Little Blue Pill may, however, be one good answer to reducing the spread of the HIV virus. Tonight, we start a two-part series with an in-depth look at the drug Truvada, a medication not only useful for those who are HIV positive, but one that is being used by men who have sex with men who are negative as a means of reducing the risk of becoming infected with the HIV virus. Tonight, we'll introduce you to the concept of PrEP and hear from two men, one on the West Coast who is taking Truvada and one on the East Coast who is still unsure. We'll give you a sense of what their respective communities are saying about taking an HIV medication before you have HIV to prevent from getting it. All of this is coming up next, right after your Outbeat Radio News for this Sunday, February 22nd, 2015. I have found Outbeat Radio News, your source for LGBT news from the North Bay and beyond. Last week we told you about a bill proposed in Arkansas that would block cities and counties from enacting anti-discrimination laws protecting LGBT people. Well, last Friday, the Arkansas House of Representatives voted decisively 57 to 20 for SB 202. Having cleared the state Senate on Monday, the bill now heads to the governor's desk. Governor Hutchinson told BuzzFeed News in a statement he would let the bill take effect by neither vetoing nor signing the legislation. He said, quote, I am allowing the bill to become law, end quote. The bill sponsor, Republican State Senator Bart Hester, told BuzzFeed News that he sponsored the measure to create consistent policies across Arkansas that will attract business and because he was infuriated that cities were attempting to expand civil rights laws for LGBT people. He said, quote, this bill creates uniformity for business and citizens, for that matter, so that our employment laws will be the same throughout the state, end quote. Republican Representative Bill Hallinger the bill's House sponsor said before the vote, quote, There are some things on a statewide basis we deal with all the time, such as murder and fraud, a variety of things that need to be uniform. But Representative Clark Tucker, a Democrat, blasted the bill as a, quote, proactive act of discrimination. Tucker also challenged the premise that it was good for business, pointing out that a vast majority of Fortune 500 companies protect LGBT employees and may avoid moving their business to Arkansas. He said, if we pass this legislation, we will be sending a message that we are out of step with the corporate culture today in 2015. And the popular pro-LGBT TV show Glee is in its last season with only five shows to go, and the producers are taking advantage of every episode to send a strong message supporting especially LGBT youth. In the most recent episode, Coach Beast came out as a trans man and is seen returning to the high school campus with facial hair and dressed in stereotypical men's clothing. The kids at the school demonstrate support for Coach by assembling a choir of 200 trans men and women for this performance. There's a light in the darkness Though the night is black as my skin there's a light burning bright showing me the way but i know where i've been there's a cry 
was in real life a member of the trans community. Pretty powerful. And from Napa, Napa Valley College announced a partnership with its Criminal Justice Training Center, the United States Attorney's Office, and the Matthew Shepard Foundation to develop a pilot training program for law enforcement and a community forum on hate crimes. Five years ago, President Obama signed into law the Matthew Shepard James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act that expanded protections for LGBT people, among other groups. The U.S. Department of Justice and the U.S. Attorney's Office are now hoping to educate local law enforcement agencies around the country about how to best utilize this federal law when investigating and prosecuting hate crime cases. These agencies are also concerned about many hate crimes going unreported, and this needs to change. So a community forum will also be presented in hopes of creating greater public awareness about the law and the need to report all hate crimes to local law enforcement. The Matthew Shepard Foundation will be participating in this training, and both of Matthew's parents, Judy and Dennis Shepard, are scheduled to speak during the program. Napa Valley College hopes these pilots will become a template for replication across the country, and you're invited to participate in the very first community forum on hate crimes at Napa Valley College on April 3rd at 1.30 p.m. This forum is free, and seating will be on a first-come, first-served basis. You can learn more by going to NVC cjtc.org. And here in Sonoma County, Sonoma County Pride launched its new website and Facebook page with news about this year's Pride celebration. Sonoma County Pride President Chuck Ramsey wrote, quote, We are a diverse group throughout Sonoma County and need to speak as one unified voice to accomplish our goals. 
While putting on a fun and successful Pride celebration is, of course, a top priority, we are also taking the lead on a broader vision, working with other community groups and local governments addressing LGBT issues. Whether it's promoting the Russian River or other Sonoma County LGBT tourist areas, we need to be more effective in competing with our out-of-area LGBT destinations. We have a rich history, and part of our goal is to incorporate and include that history in local historical societies. Their new website will be continually updated to keep you apprised on events and issues of importance to the community. And they invite you to like them on Facebook. We'll have links for both on our page at OutBeatNews.com. Sonoma County Pride will take place on June 5th through the 7th. The Sonoma County Pride Volunteer Board and members are working diligently on many fronts to better serve the LGBT and allied communities. And they are now seeking volunteers as well as business sponsorships, individual donations, parade entries, and vendors for the Pride celebration this year. If you're interested in getting involved and would like to assist in this planning process, you can become a volunteer right now. You can learn more at sonomacountypride.org. Now here's your calendar of events for the coming week. On Monday, February 3rd and every Monday at 5.30 p.m., the Petaluma Health Center will host an LGBT support group at 1179 North McDowell Boulevard in Petaluma. Also on Monday at 5.30 p.m., the Marin AIDS Project will host a Mix It Up, their monthly mixer, at Four Point Sheridan, 1010 Northgate Drive in San Rafael. And on Tuesday, February 24th, the Santa Rosa Senior Group will meet at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation at the Glacier Center. You can learn more at 583-2330. For more information about LGBT events happening here in the North Bay, go to GaySonoma.com. And for all the latest LGBT news headlines, go to our website at OutBeatNews.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for updates from OutBeat Radio News all week long. For Gary Carnavelli, I'm Greg Moralia. OutBeat Radio News, your source for LGBT news from the North Bay and beyond. Federal health officials are recommending a new preventative treatment in the fight against HIV and AIDS. The U.S. government is now recommending hundreds of thousands of people at risk for the disease take a daily pill called Truveda to prevent infection. About 50,000 new HIV cases are reported each year. This advice from officials at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention urges healthcare providers to use pre-exposure prophylaxis, or PrEP, which simply provides a daily antiretroviral drug to patients at risk of contracting HIV. Truveda, which is a type of these daily antiretroviral drugs, is a combination of two medicines that work together to keep the HIV virus from establishing a permanent infection when someone is exposed to it through sex or injection drug use. And when PrEP is used consistently, the CDC says it has been shown to reduce HIV infection rates by up to a staggering 90%. CDC Director Dr. Tom Frieden said in a news release Wednesday, HIV infection is preventable, yet every year we see some 50,000 new HIV infections in the United States. PrEP, used along with other prevention strategies, has the potential to help at-risk individuals protect themselves and reduce HIV infections in the United States. And the New York Times has high hopes for the little blue pills, too. If broadly followed, the advice could transform AIDS prevention in the United States, from reliance on condoms, which are effective but unpopular with many men, to a regimen that relies on an antiretroviral drug. 
NBC reports the CDC recommends the daily pill regimen for people who are in an ongoing sexual relationship with someone with HIV and for those who don't use condoms with people who are at risk for HIV. Health officials say they hope they can implement these new PrEP guidelines soon to save as many lives as possible. For Newsy, I'm Christian Bryant. George Michaels may very well be right about sex being most safe one-on-one, but whether you're involved in a monogamous relationship or a man who has sex with other men in multiple relationships, the information we're about to share with you is very important. According to the United States Center for Disease Control, 50,000 new HIV infections are still being reported each year in the United States. One study published last year suggests that 50% of all 22-year-old men who are having sex with other men will become HIV positive by the time they are 50 years old. And tragically, there are still many men out there who have sex with men who are positive right now and don't know it. We begin tonight with Dr. Jonathan Merman from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control talking about PrEP, or pre-exposure prophylaxis. Well, while a vaccine or cure may one day end the HIV epidemic, PrEP is a powerful new tool that has the potential to alter the course of HIV in the United States today. And these new guidelines represent an important step towards fully realizing the promise of PrEP. We should continue to build on this momentum by ensuring that PrEP is used by the right people, in the right way, in the right circumstances. Some key takeaways about PrEP and the new guidelines are CDC recommends PrEP for people who are at substantial risk for HIV. For instance, a person in an ongoing relationship with a partner who has HIV or a person who injects illicit drugs and shares needles. While PrEP is a powerful HIV prevention tool on its own, using it along with condoms and other proven prevention methods can provide even greater protection. And PrEP has the potential to alter the course of our journey to the end of the epidemic. And these new guidelines can serve as a roadmap, ensuring PrEP is used by the right people in the right way, in the right circumstances. In our research for this series, I found that there's a lot of myths out there and a general lack of information about PrEP, Truvada, and how it all works. Here's what we know so far. Pre-exposure prophylaxis, or PrEP, is an HIV prevention strategy where an HIV-negative person takes a daily pill to reduce their risk of contracting HIV. It's important to note that PrEP is not the same as PEP, or post-exposure prophylaxis which is a month-long treatment regimen given to individuals within 72 hours after exposure to HIV to prevent infection from taking hold. The only currently approved PrEP regimen is Truvada, a two-drug combo, which blocks an enzyme called HIV reverse transcriptase. HIV relies on this enzyme to make new copies of itself, so Truvada prevents the HIV virus from multiplying and establishing infection in the body. Because PrEP blocks an HIV enzyme, it protects against HIV infection, but it does not prevent against pregnancy or other sexually transmitted infections, or STIs. Therefore, people taking PrEP should also get regular HIV testing to make sure they haven't been recently infected, as well as STI testing and treatment if necessary. PrEP has been proven to reduce the risk of HIV infection in gay and bisexual men, transgender women, and heterosexual men and women, as well as people who inject drugs. 
PrEP does not treat HIV. It's meant to prevent HIV from establishing infection, so it should not be taken by someone who already has HIV. People who want to start PrEP must first be tested for HIV infection. PrEP has made a lot of headlines over the last two years, and the messages haven't always been clear. Let's look at three myths about PrEP and see what the facts really are. Myth number one, PrEP doesn't work. In the large IPREX study of PrEP in gay and bisexual men and transgender women, researchers found an overall 42% reduction in HIV transmission. However, when the researchers looked at levels of Truvada in blood samples, they found that for people who took four PrEP pills per week, protection was approximately 96%. For people who took PrEP daily as directed, protection was estimated at more than 99%. So the take-home message, PrEP works if you take it as prescribed every day. Myth number two, PrEP causes bad side effects. Some people in PrEP studies have reported side effects such as nausea, headaches, or weight loss in the first few weeks of taking PrEP. Most of these side effects went away on their own or when PrEP was stopped, and the majority of people didn't have them at all. For example, one clinical trial reported moderate nausea only 22 times among the 1,251 people assigned to take PrEP over a study period of more than two years. A recent analysis showed that some people taking PrEP can have a slight increase in serum creatinine, an indicator of reduced kidney function, but these levels return to normal after PrEP was stopped. Just to be safe, people who take PrEP should have regular monitoring for kidney health. Another analysis found a slight loss in bone mineral density in study participants taking PrEP, although this bone loss did not worsen with long-term use. Truvada was chosen for use as PrEP in part because it is safe and well-tolerated. Like most drugs, some mild side effects are possible, but again, side effects reported with PrEP went away over time, or when PrEP was stopped. Also, there are other drugs currently in clinical trials that may have fewer side effects. Myth number three, PrEP is impossible to get. PrEP is available by prescription from doctors, nurse practitioners, and physicians' assistants, and most healthcare plans cover PrEP. Without insurance, Truvada PrEP can cost upwards of $1,800 per month, but few people actually pay this full sticker price. There are medication assistance programs through Gilead Sciences that may be able to cover some or all of the costs of PrEP, whether or not you have insurance. Keep in mind that depending on how you are accessing PrEP, it may take several weeks to get your prescription filled the first time. Of course, PrEP is not the only way to prevent HIV infection. When used correctly and consistently, condoms are an important tool for reducing HIV risk, as well as preventing against other STIs and pregnancy. For people who do not use condoms every time they have sex, PrEP provides effective protection against HIV. The choice to use PrEP, like the choice to use condoms, is personal. The important thing is to find an HIV prevention strategy that works for you. We also found that attitudes about PrEP vary greatly around the country. Joining us now are two of my good friends who have very different experiences with Truvada and who are here to share their personal stories. Don Mueller from Los Angeles and Darren Mazaika from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me for the second time. Well, we appreciate your time very much. And before we get into our discussion about Truvada and PrEP, I'd like to give our listeners a sense of who you both are. Don, let's start with you. You have some very exciting news to share. You are a newlywed. So tell us about uh, your husband, the wedding, and a little bit about your background. 
Well, yes, we got married just last week and absolutely thrilled. Um, I'm 53 years old. I'm a lieutenant with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department here in Los Angeles. I've grown up here my whole life. Um, and I met my then fiance, now husband, uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, not quite, a little over a year, year and three months or so. Um, actually, through Facebook, we both attend MCC, Metropolitan Community Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a leader at MCC Los Angeles here, and he's a leader, was a leader at MCC Quezon City in the Philippines. And we became mutual friends through all of our mutual church contacts and pastor. I know his pastor. Um, he knows mine. We actually met through Facebook <laughs> a little over a year ago. And it just connected incredibly. Um, after talking on Facebook, we moved to Skype, started Skyping every single day. And within a couple of months, I was on a plane headed to the Philippines so we could actually meet. And and both of us, I think, were a little skeptical at first that that could even possibly work out. It's like, whatever. Not. I think we both thought it would just probably just end up being a great friendship and, and maybe a fling. But as soon as we met, it was just amazing. We we both knew. Love at first sight. It was yeah, kind of in a sense it was. I mean, our passions are the same. Our our dreams, our goals, the, the, the our involvements. He's an he's an advocate, an LGBT advocate in the Philippines, where it's not as accepted and open nearly not nearly as much as here in the U.S. Um, he runs marathons in support of people with eight, living with HIV and AIDS. Um, he's one of the organizers of Manila Pride. His his courage and his strength and his uh, inspiration just totally wowed me. I was just amazed, and that's exactly the kind of man I've been looking for my whole life, and have never met. And we did, even though we were 7,000 miles apart. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. And you're very involved in the gay community down in LA. Uh, yes. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I've been very involved for a long, long time. I was the first deputy in the history of the department to come out on duty. Um, up until 1989, our department fired people for being gay. Uh, one of our deputies who got fired sued the department back. The department ended up settling our lawsuit and changing our policies. But nobody had tested it. So back in 1992, uh, three months after we changed our policies, I decided to come out and prayed that I wouldn't get fired. And I survived. (laughs) Um, Since that time, yeah, I've been the department's unofficial LGBT liaison for the last more than 20 years. I teach uh, LGBT. I teach a class on gay and lesbian awareness. And we now have a separate course on transgender awareness. And to every single police officer or deputy sheriff that goes through the L.A. County Sheriff's Department's Academy, uh, I have done community liaison work for years, training counselors and support people and security folks for the Gay and Lesbian Center, for the Trevor Project, and for numerous organizations here in Los Angeles, um, and have been just fighting for LGBT rights as an openly gay police officer here for a long, long time. And all, obviously, as I mentioned before, I'm very active in Metropolitan Community Church here in Los Angeles. My spiritual life is part of my strength and my relationship with God and being proud, knowing that I'm exactly who I'm supposed to be and that God loves me just as I am and openly gay and proud. 
How fantastic. Well, clearly you've made a huge difference uh, for the people in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Darren, let's go to you. You are originally from the West Coast, now on the East Coast. Tell us about you and your background. Uh, I grew up in Northern California. Um, After being a police officer, I started working for Wells Fargo Bank in 2007 as a criminal investigator. In 2012, Wells Fargo Bank asked if I would like to move to South Florida because they needed some help with some fraud down in South Florida. Um, I had just been uh, divorced and newly out and really had nothing keeping me back from the change moving from West Coast to East Coast. So within two weeks, I packed up my house and drove across country and moved to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Wow. And how old are you now? I am 34 going on 35. Time moves very quickly, doesn't it? It does. So for our listeners who are not familiar with Fort Lauderdale and sort of the gay scene there, uh, give us a sense of of what it's like. You're in Wilton Manors, right? Uh, Technically in Fort Lauderdale, but one river across from Wilton Manors, which is technically an island within Fort Lauderdale, um, that is its own city. And it would be the mecca of gay culture in South Florida, um, outside of West Hollywood, San Francisco, or New York. And it actually has the highest rate of gay couples in the country. Really? Yeah, it's the number one place now for gay couples. Now, is that both representative of male and female couples? I don't know. Uh, and so, you know, what's sort of the scene there? I mean, is it mostly a younger crowd, or is it pretty mixed? Um, it's pretty mixed. I would say Fort Lauderdale tends to be more of an older crowd. The South Beach generation of the 80s have now moved up to Fort Lauderdale. And you see more of the younger LGBT crowd in Miami, or technically South Beach, Florida, which is its own city. But when you refer to Miami, you're referring to Miami Beach or South Beach, where you have the palace and where Versace lived. Okay. South Beach. Okay. And, you know, in the Castro, as you remember, there's all kinds of different sub-communities, everything from the Twinks to the leather crowd um, to different ethnic groups. You know, what's what's the makeup, what's the subculture makeup of the Wilton Manors area? I would say uh, you have mostly everything. I wouldn't say you would have um, the, as you say, the black bars up in Fort Lauderdale. Those are more Miami. But you do have, you have the leather bar. You have uh, Bubblegum Fridays is for the tween crowd on Friday nights at the dance club. You have your sports bar. You have your older crowds at certain bars. So Wilton Manors is where would be the equivalent of Castro. It's one strip with over 16 different gay bars on the drive. Wow. Well, sounds like a very mixed crowd and a lot of fun to be had. So Don, let's talk about West Hollywood. I've been down there a bunch of times and it doesn't sound at all as diverse as, you know, the Castro or Wilton Manors as Darren just described. But from your experience, what's the attitude about HIV like today in the community there? I think we've kind of gone through a little bit of a roller coaster um, through the late 80s and 90s. 
when obviously HIV, we were all more aware because we were losing our friends and I lost my first partner to HIV. Mm. Uh, I can't count how many friends that I lost back in the nineties. I think we were far more aware of the effects and the devastation that HIV can cause <clears throat> back then. I think we were more aware of safer sex issues back then on the good side, obviously since medications have improved and things have changed, we're not seeing people die as much, but mm -hmm. now we're in West Hollywood. I know we have a younger generation that's coming up that didn't really see the effects that we did of HIV back in the 80s and 90s. So I think in reality, in a city like West Hollywood, where so much of the focus, not LA proper, but in West Hollywood specifically, where you're so much of the focus is on fun and partying and meeting guys and looking good and going to the gym. Uh, I think there is a little bit of a little more casualness today uh, lack of awareness of safe sex and the issues around HIV. People do not see it as the death sentence. And luckily, most of the time, it's not. And I'm glad about that. But they don't, they're do not they not as aware of the devastating effects that HIV can have on your body. So I think people are a little bit less aware. The younger generation, not necessarily the older generation, but the younger generation is a little bit more casual about it as a whole. Sure. Uh, well, you mentioned, I mean, you were you were touched so personally uh, losing someone to HIV and, and that's something that you're never, ever, ever going to forget. I would imagine that HIV and its potential impact on you is, is going to be much more significant than it would be for someone who hasn't experienced the loss of even a friend. Yeah, no, I, without question. I mean, I, at that time I was an assistant pastor at one of our LGBT supportive churches here, Unity Fellowship Church back in early nineties. And we were doing funerals almost every weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and then my partner had tested HIV positive after we'd been together about three years. We'd been together when he tested positive. And I had to take care of him through the last two years of his life. Um, at that time, there was really no medication. There was nothing but AZT. That's the only thing they had. And he did not handle it well. It was extremely difficult and hard on his body. Mm. Um, and we went through hospital trip after hospital trip through meningitis and encephalitis and multiple things of pneumonia. Um, it, it was very hard. And I think you're right. In many people today, just especially younger people didn't see that. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine what that must've been like. Uh, I, I've been very fortunate. I have not lost even a friend to HIV and hope I never do, uh, let alone a partner. So, Darren, what about the attitudes about HIV and STIs in Florida? What, what have you seen? I would say it's very prevalent to see a free HIV AIDS testing clinic or mobile van. Um, I, when we went to Toronto Pride, we didn't even see one HIV testing mobile van in, in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. You could probably see three on the street during the night on a Friday or Saturday night for HIV testing. And, you know, are, are guys concerned about HIV or has it become sort of a passe? Well, we've beat this thing. There's a cure and I don't have to worry about it. That's pretty much my, my philosophy is that people nowadays aren't really concerned about getting HIV or AIDS because of the medication on the market these days. Hmm. So 
what's the level of interest then in preserving personal health around or preserving sexual health around STIs? You know, has it, has it gotten so comfortable where, where folks there just aren't concerned about any STIs at all? Not when it comes to certain STIs, they don't care because they can go just get a shot for chlamydia or gonorrhea and it will be gone. Uh, when it comes to HIV, um, they're like, oh, there's meds in the market now I can take or there's Truvada that I can use as a presentive um, drug. So I just don't feel like people are concerned about having STIs or HIV these days. Mm-hmm. So for you, someone coming from the West Coast, you know, how do those attitudes impact you? It's interesting because Florida is still a very conservative state. Anything above Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach is a very conservative state. Anything below there is a very, I would say, liberal part of the state. But you don't hear anything from the state of Florida about Truvada or sexual health. Coming from the West Coast, you would hear about the state of California being on top of the issues and being proactive about it. So on Florida, I don't hear anything from the state regarding LGBT health issues. Well, I guess I'm not entirely surprised by that, given uh, Florida's politics. So to you both, talk about the attitudes around condom use. Are guys taking responsibility for their sexual health by at least using condoms, or has that become passe as well? I see mixed in both younger and older generation today. Um, I think there is still there is still awareness out there. Obviously, people in their heads. I think education. I don't know. You could do much more in education. Everybody knows mentally that safer sex. If you want to avoid HIV and STDs, you need to use a condom. Mm-hmm. I think everybody knows that mentally, but I think in the older generation um, that even lived through that period, I think there is some segment of the generation that is kind of reaching a point that do we have to use condoms forever for the rest of our life? Because to some people, they're losing a little bit of sense of intimacy with condoms. They feel like I don't want to have this barrier forever. There's got to be an alternative. Um, some people are still using condoms, but reality, like myself, I came to the self-acknowledgement that the reality is I did use condoms 95% of the time. But in all honesty, there were a few occasions that I didn't use a condom. They're rare, but it happened. And I did have one or two occasions, and I have had friends one or two occasions where condoms failed. I mean, they tore. They either tore or they broke or for whatever reason. And I had finally come to the point of realization in my own life that I had to acknowledge that I'm not, I'm not ever a hundred percent perfect with condom use. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just not reality. Even though I'm somebody who's educated, I know the risks, I know the, 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 the extremes with oral sex. I did not use condoms and 95% of my friends that I know don't for oral sex. And there's still risks there for HIV, and, but I'm not willing to use a condom for oral sex. It just destroys the whole uh, the whole mood and about, it just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of had come to that understanding that I, I needed something to supplement, to add to my condom use. Um, 
I think with the younger generation today in West Hollywood, uh, you've got a mixture. You have some people who are educated. They know the risk in their head, but they did not see the effects. So a lot of them, especially when they're, when they're out and partying and, or at the moment, they may not have a condom handy. It was a last minute thing. They just met somebody. A lot of them are still going without condoms today in West Hollywood <laughs> or occasionally, maybe not all the time. Maybe when they're home, they've got condoms, but they meet somebody at a club, they go home with them, they don't have a condom, they don't want to say no, and they still end up going for it. So I think as a realist, I try to see it as condom use is not 100%, it's, you, it's clearly not 100% effective. It's a huge help in safer sex and protection, but by itself, it, it, it leaves openings and gaps. It's it's not a hundred percent. So, Darren, what about Florida? I mean, what's the bar scene like there? If you walk into uh, a club or a bar, are you likely to see a basket of condoms there, free for the taking? All the gay bars in Florida that I've been to do have uh, condoms inside the bars, and they're available for anyone to take. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone take them, uh, but it's not something that's talked about. Really, hmm. and and what are kind of the attitudes from guys in in your social circles around condom use? More and more, of my friends are getting on Truvada. Um, a, there is a lo- high rate of infection in South Florida. It was one of the highest in the country for HIV and AIDS. Uh, the uh, cin- what is it? The center of disease control had to come to South Florida because the rate of HIV infections was so high. Um, so if you want to be in a relationship with someone, the rate of them being positive is very high in South Florida. Well, new infections just aren't happening in South Florida. Uh, the CDC you mentioned says that there are now 50,000 new HIV infections discovered in the U.S. every year. So you know, it's pretty clear to me that the campaign promoting condom use isn't entirely successful. And that, of course, brings us to the topic of this series, which is about a pre-exposure prophylaxis, and use of the drug Truvada. Now, it's still pretty early in the game here, but the data about the use of PrEP, Truvada being the drug, is very promising. Uh, you know, Don, give us your thoughts. Do you use it? Well, I follow all the studies across the board. I've read them all um, because I strongly considered a little, little over a year ago, I considered adding Truvada to my regimen just to, in my mind, to add safety to myself. Um, I've always tested HIV negative, even after having a partner who is positive, but I wanted, wanted to keep it that way. And I know I'm not 100% of the time good with condoms, even though I am 95%, there's still gap. So I looked into them. All of the recent studies continuously are showing that Truvada is extremely effective as long as it is taken every single day. As long as you're, you're completely compliant with it, it's an, it has between 95 to 100% effectiveness. You put that in addition with condoms, and I think I've upped my odds significantly at keeping myself safe. Uh-huh. Um, tremendously. I mean, I haven't gone on to a binge of not using condoms. I'm not crazy. I never went to that extreme, but I see that as an additional protection for myself in, in, in addition with condoms. And I've heard these arguments that, that if you go on Truvada, people are going to stop using condoms or, or the argument that you, the gay men can't be trusted to take it every day. 
which I think is absurd. I mean, we take medication every day for all kinds of things, from from high cholesterol to diabetes to hot blood pressure to HIV. We trust our own community with HIV meds that you have to take every day. Why can't we trust our own community with HIV prevention meds? Mm-hmm. <laughs> every day. It just that argument never made any sense to me. I can be I I have no problem being responsible and taking it every day and remembering. I get myself in a routine and I take it every single day. So, Darren, what about you? Is this something that you have considered uh, doing as an extra level of protection for yourself? I haven't considered it yet because I don't know much about it. Uh, I mean, I have a discussion with my doctor about it probably in the future. Um, I am in a relationship. Both of us are negative. Um, but Truvada is a medication that was designed for people who are actually positive. And the side effects that I have known heard about are liver damage. And there is actually no long-term studies for someone who is negative being on Truvada. So I want to be educated before I go on it because I don't know what the long-term side effects are going to be on my body from using Truvada. But the culture in South Florida is that everyone seems to be going on Truvada. Mm. So those fears that, that you're concerned about, are there other rumors about side effects out there that you've heard about or, or are there ideas about the side effects, concerns, if you will? I've only heard about uh, liver damage. Um, I don't know about any of the other side effects. I've heard the side effects once you go on it, uh, what will happen, um, night sweats, dreams, uh, constantly sweating. Um, those are what I've been told from people who started taking Truvada for the first month. Hmm. So, Don, from your doctors, what have you heard in terms of the long-term concerns for Truvada? Uh, and, and any side effects in your research, and what have you experienced? You know, they haven't documented any actual real devastating effects, but there's possibilities without question because it's a strong medication. It's an HIV medication. I have, my, I have a doctor who's extremely educated. He's an HIV specialist. That's what he, 90%, even though I'm negative, my doctor's an HIV specialist. That's his practice. So he's well aware of the effects of HIV meds. Um, he has me coming in and doing labs every three months just to make sure there's no damage to my liver, no damage to my kidneys, no damage to any of my other organs. He's upped my HIV testing where previously I was doing it twice a year, like once every six months. He wants me to do it every three months because if I were to seroconvert to positive, they don't want me just on Truvada by itself. We would want to stop, change that immediately and stop that. Um, but just to catch it even sooner, he, I'm now getting HIV tests every three months. And I'm very good with following up with him just to make sure there's no damage. If, if we start seeing any damage of any kind, then obviously I'm going to come off of it and we'll reevaluate and make changes. But mm-hmm. so far for me, I've had no effects. I haven't even had any side effects. I've had zero. It's been very easy for me. So what do you think? I mean, you're, you've taken Truvada formerly as a single man and now as a married man, I'm assuming you're going to, you're going to continue to plan to use it. Um, yes, because it, in our case, my partner who I've just married is HIV positive. Okay. Um, and now it even makes more sense to me. Even right. before, um, it, it gives us one more level of, of peace in our relationship that we can have a great 
<laughs> vital sex relationship too and still not worry it just adds to our protection mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so with his his positive status and my negative status to me being on prep is only makes sense in fact to me it'd be crazy not to consider that that's absurd it's like absolutely if that can in addition to us using condoms can make sure that that i don't catch the virus great that's i just thank god for the for the for that this has been developed and we're reaching a new stage i see it as a whole new stage in hiv prevention mm-hmm. until we find a cure an actual cure this is at least another step forward mm-hmm. so what about the community's response you know i think i've read two things about the use of Travada. One is that it would somehow give this idea that you no longer need to use condoms, that it's the the ultimate shield and protection from at least HIV. And then the other is this idea that if you're on Travada, that somehow you're overly promiscuous. Um, I can think of worse words to say, but somehow that that's a, a degrading thing to admit. Uh, what are you hearing from guys in West Hollywood? You know, from most of the community, no. Only from one small segment of the community, which sadly is one of our HIV providers, AIDS Healthcare Foundation, uh, where their founder has come out tremendously against Truvada, and and they're and they're headquartered here in LA. Um, so you, you do hear that from some of the folks that work with AHF that kind of have hear his message and are continuing to carry that message that if you're on Truvada, that you just want to have unsafe sex, and if you're on Truvada, you're just a sex whore. And that's crazy. Um, I don't, and I don't think most of the community here feels that way at all. I mean, I, I've spoken to people. People ask me on Facebook. I have no problem hiding if I'm on prep. I don't have an issue with that. And I've never had a negative reaction personally from anyone. Um, I think some of my friends have thought about it. Some of them asked me about it. Some are a little afraid of doing it because of the, like you said, the strength of the medication, the worries that it could have side effects on your body, but. But I haven't really received any negativity from the community here. I personally haven't by by letting people know that I'm on it. Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot of people, I think, actually kind of admire it and want to ask me questions that maybe they're afraid to ask in public. But in private, they'll start asking me because they're considering it. The one stigma that I mostly hear when you hear someone is on Truvada, you automatically think that that person is a bottom or uh, someone that receives during male gay sex and does not want to be protected because they don't like condoms. And that they're having multiple sexual partners, maybe even at one time. Mm -hmm. So is it something that guys are openly talking about then or are they keeping their use of Travada a secret? Oh no, it's very open in the gay community down here and on social applications as well. Scruff, grinder. That's one of the questions now that people are asking each other or, or they will say about themselves. I'm on Truvada. Interesting. So they're actually putting that into a social profile. What's, what's the point? What are they trying to get out of that? Maybe not even, it may not be on their profile, but if you're having a discussion with someone, that may be a question or a statement during your communication with the person. Because there's a lot of people in South Florida that like to have unprotected sex. I would say the people that are on Truvada are people 
now are saying, well, I don't need to use a condom because I'm on Truvada. I'm not going to get HIV, so why even worry about wearing a condom? They're not concerned about getting any of the other STIs. Wow. And I have to say, I've heard some of that same attitude as well, particularly expressed by guys involved in the leather community. Is there a large leather community in Florida where you are? And is that where you're seeing this attitude most commonly expressed? It is a very large group. I would consider that I'm part of it. Um, actually, I probably belong to all the different groups within the bars because I just go to hang out with my friends that are all in the different types of groups. But it is a very large subculture within the gay community in South Florida. Mm-hmm. I believe Truvada has allowed all the subcultures within the LGBT community to have a higher risk of unsafe sex. Mm-hmm. So do you have friends who are taking Truvada now? Yes. And how would you describe their overall comfort level or satisfaction with it? I would say they're all comfortable being on it. Okay. For multiple reasons. Um, some of them are taking it because their partner is positive. Others aren't in a relationship, so they're having multiple sex partners at different times. Others that I know that are in a relationship are both on Truvada because they have an open relationship or they play together with other people. Uh, So it allows everyone to have a sense of maybe false security when it comes to risky sex. Right. And and that's clearly not the right way to look at it. I mean, the drug was not designed to allow people to engage in more risky behavior. But for the couple where one partner is positive, the other is negative, or... You know, even where there is an open relationship at play, this has to be a help. I see Truvada as an amazing step forward. I know it is in our relationship now. uh, Where having a mixed status couple several years ago would have been much even more difficult. I know friends that have done it, and and there's always that fear. I know guys today that don't want to date somebody who's HIV positive. Um, But what happens when you fall in love? What happens when it's your current partner and they seroconvert and test positive. Truvada allows us to maintain our love, our relationships and to still be safe mm-hmm. in that relationship. So as you can tell, I'm 100% in support completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with good reason, uh, in San Francisco, the city is really pushing to try to provide Truvada to any gay man that wants it free of charge. You mentioned one organization in L.A. that is certainly against it, but what's the general sense from the health community in L.A.? Do you see a movement coming similar to what San Francisco is trying to do? Yeah, I don't know if we have quite the political clout to provide it for free in L.A., but from the medical community, I've heard nothing but support from it by everybody else. Um, I've been on a couple panels with multiple doctors from different organizations and agencies, and now they're all starting to finally realize that this is a good thing and they're all supporting it. Um, I think there's enough case studies finally coming in that are, that are quality case studies and controlled cases that they're seeing the results and it's undeniable that it works. Um, so yeah, I've seen a lot more support in the last two years, three years tremendously where I think our community was really quiet about it at first when it first came out. But the last year, this past year, I've seen a lot of positive uh, press around it in the the LA area and in West Hollywood. 
and I've heard a lot more positive support for it from the medical community down here. Well, there's certainly a lot of enthusiasm around use of Travada here in the Bay Area. In fact, the city of San Francisco is seriously considering funding, providing Truvada to any man who has sex with another man who wants it. Um, Darren, from what you said earlier in the show, I can't imagine that there's even any thought about that in Florida. I would not say the state of Florida is. I would say the gay community community is heavily involved. I can't count the number of resources, clinics, practitioners that just in this small area of Wilton Manors in Fort Lauderdale, someone who's in the LGBT community could go to for resources and help. So it's all being provided by nonprofits and, and private entities. Yes. You have to remember Florida is the state and Broward County was the county that was heavily involved in the Bush v. Gore presidential campaign. And Florida is a very Republican, I would say, state north of Broward. In it's would kind of be like California, outside of the San Francisco, Marin, West Hollywood, is also considered very conservative. Yeah. But it has a label of being a liberal state. Florida is labeled a very conservative state. However, we have a high concentration of liberals in Broward and Miami-Dade, which is the southern two most counties in Florida. Um, So the state of Florida itself is not doing, I don't think, anything about providing Travada to Mm. anyone. Mm. Florida still allows businesses to fire people based on their sexual orientation. They still don't believe in gay adoption. Yeah, well, conservative probably understates uh, the political environment there. So we've got just a couple minutes left. Uh, Darren, if you were going to give some advice to one of your peers who asked you about Travada, what would you tell them? Before recommending it to anyone, I don't care if you're a single or in a committed relationship. You need to know and have a discussion with your doctor beforehand about the side effects. And that's my biggest thing. I'm not against Truvada, but I'm not for Truvada. Mm-hmm. It's about the education of the medication and what it can potentially do to your body in the long run. Okay. Because if you just want to have unprotected sex for the next five years, but what's going to happen to you in 10, 15, 20 years because you took a medication and didn't know what the long-term side effects so that's my stance on Travada, is that I'm not for or against it. Got it. Got it. Well, we've been talking with Don Mueller from Los Angeles and Darren Mazaika from Florida. Uh, thank you both for sharing your experience and your thoughts about Truvada. Absolutely. I'm glad I can share anytime. Thank you. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. In part two of this series, we'll hear from experts here in Sonoma County for a local perspective and hear from doctors working with a prep study at UCLA. Here's a preview of what's coming in part two. There's always going to be a role and a need for protection of people who are HIV uninfected. And despite these really Herculean efforts with condoms and condom education and education of communities about HIV risk, we're still having a stable number of new HIV infections in the United States every year. Our fastest growing group are adolescents. Half of them get infected after 
they're kicked out of their homes because their mothers can't deal with their sexuality. Uh, again, most of them are men having sex with men. The CDC estimates that there's 50,000 new infections a year in the United States, and we probably account for at least 10% of that, but maybe we're a little bit more. And we estimate that about a quarter of people don't even know they're HIV infected. And uh, they're the people that probably are transmitting HIV to others unknowingly. Clearly, we need something more. And it was really out of that observation that PrEP was born. Well, people to understand PrEP, if I am going to Africa or South America, I'm going to take medicine to keep from getting malaria. That's PrEP. If my goddaughter, who's my heart, came and tell me I'm going to be sexually active, I'm going to give her a birth control pill, that's a PrEP. So PrEP is nothing unique to HIV. It's just that now with the advances in medicine, we're not able to use PrEP in HIV. Most people have a, a window of, of high risk for becoming infected with HIV, and generally it starts in the late teens through the early, mid-20s. What we're trying to do is provide a, uh, a prevention approach that they can take and prevent the possibility of becoming infected during this very high-risk window so that uh, we can really impact the epidemic uh, significantly. Part two of our series on PrEP and the use of Truvada airs next month on Outbeat News in depth. And that brings us to the end of our hour. My thanks to our guests tonight, Don Mueller and Darren Mazaika. Don't forget to download the new KRCB app. You can listen to all of your favorite KRCB shows like Outbeat Radio on your mobile device from anywhere in the world with access to the internet. The app is free and available now in the Apple and Android online app stores. Tune in next Sunday night for Outbeat Radio's Living Proof with Sheridan Gold and Dr. Diana Grayer. That's at 8 p.m. and only here on KRCB Radio. In the meantime, have a great week and thanks for spending your Sunday night with us. Outbeat News In Depth is hosted and produced by Greg Moralia exclusively for KRCB Radio. You can listen to our shows on demand on iTunes and on our website at OutbeatNews.com. And be sure to follow us all week long on our Facebook page and Twitter feed for the latest LGBT news from here in the North Bay and beyond. Sonoma Clean Power is proud to support this program, local public broadcasting, and KRCB Radio. Find out how to power a clean energy economy at sonomacleanpower.org. Sonoma Clean Power. Local. Renewable. Ours. You're listening to KRCB FM Windsor Santa Rosa, the new 91, with news, new music, and more. This is KRCB. It's just before 9 p.m. Stay with us. Open Space District is next.